Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to a new season of Laz and Powers, a very creatively named podcast about the Chicago Blackhawks from The Athletic. I'm Mark Lazarus. I'm joined as always by Scott Powers. Um, the Rookie Showcase starts tomorrow at Fifth Third, Fifth, Fifth Third Arena, which uh, I guess means I have to put pants on tomorrow, which means the summer <laughs> is officially over. Scott, how you doing? You ready to put some pants on? I am. Um, I, I put on pants the other day. And it was it was different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very much I'm like the stereotypical suburban dad here. I am cargo shorts and flip flops every single day. It was 55 degrees out the other day. I was wearing cargo shorts and flip flops because I refuse to do otherwise until I have to be in a hockey rink. I, I don't wear flip flops. I was always I don't know. I've always always had a thing with like other than like sandals in the house a little bit. Like I just I don't wear flip flops out. I don't know. It just something about exposing my feet and um yeah too much information let's, let's I was gonna say, are, are, are they that hideous my god <laughs> so i'm sitting here in my little office at the uh, there's neighbors moving in next door and I'm, I'm i'm looking at them through the window the new neighbors are moving in i'm stalking them trying to figure out if they're going to be cool or not uh this is a this is a big moment for what me, would constitute a cool neighbor uh someone who will join us in the monthly poker games who doesn't mind having a beer on the fire you know uh they're replacing pretty cool neighbors so they better be cool neighbors that's all i'm saying okay. Uh, anyway, uh, on today's show, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to recap the summer. We're going to talk about Eddie Olchek's departure, his replacements on the broadcast, uh, Patrick Kane's speculation. Note, I didn't say reporting because there is none of it. It's just people throwing shit against the wall and hoping they'll get clicks for it. Um, and we'll take a stab at some over-unders on point totals based off of uh, Dom Luce Chisholm's uh, uh, projections for his fantasy. But uh, uh, first, Scott, I-, I thought we could start with this email we got from Thomas Shabo in, uh, in Budapest. Uh, which is my favorite European city, actually, who says, uh, we know this is a weak team, but what can we expect from Luke Richardson in games? Should he let the team lose close games? Can he strive to win or is Kyle Davidson behind the scenes asking for as many defeats as possible? Alternatively, what if the team is only mediocre and there is no chance of anything worse? In that case, will they lose on purpose? How will that affect the players? To me, this is this is the whole fundamental, besides Kane and Tay's future, this is what's interesting about this season for me, is what if they're not bad enough? 
What if Luke Richardson's a really good coach? What if the Blackhawks are kind of like this, you know, major league, you know, well, I guess we'll just go win the whole fucking thing then. And they're the seventh worst team in the league. Will Kyle Davison take steps? Will he do things? Will he step in? Because we know players don't tank. We know coaches don't tank. It's teams that tank. What if they're not as bad as we think they're going to be? My thought is, well, one, I, I, I think it's really difficult for this team to be good. Like it just, it, it's, it's going to be challenging. And um, I think the second part is that at the deadline, like this team's going to get worse probably. So you're, you're talking like if you're the fourth or fifth worst team and then you lose Kane or Taves, because I don't, for them, the, the difference between them being um, the, among the worst teams and them being a playoff team, like there's a sizable gap, like there's still, um, you know, to being what they were last year to making the playoffs seems very, you know, like that's such a massive jump still. So, but it's not about making the playoffs, right? What if they're the fourth worst team and they? Get well, the I know that, but at odds. that point, at that point, like you, you're still you're still probably going uh, go according to plan. Like you're going to trade off everyone at the deadline, and then the last month of the season, you probably fall off even further. You know, like you, I, I see this being like if you're in closing distance of where you want to be, which is last place. And then all of a sudden, um, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, all of a sudden you lose Kane or Taves or uh, Domi or whomever. I think they become even worse. Like that last month of the season, you're still talking about what, what 15, 20 games. I, I think that changes again. That, it affects. Like, so, so will every other team that's in that bottom tier. They're all going to be sellers. And at that point, it's going to no turn one's going to be as big of a seller. It, I mean, Patrick Kane is going to be by right, far yes. the best player on the team. Like that, it, it's going to be, it's such a massive, thing, yeah. yeah. Like they, yeah, they're, they're just getting so much worse. I, at that point, I don't see any reason. The Blackhawks are what we think they're going to be, and there, there's no talk and resigning, and there hasn't been at this point. At that point, I don't see why Kander Taves want to stick around. You know, like they, they'll have their farewell tour. They'll have a chance to process this. Um, the writing will be on the wall about their futures with the Blackhawks unless they want to sign it. I, I assume at really hometown discounts because any sort of priceable contract is is not it's it's sort of against what davidson is building here so i think at that point they're both going to come to terms with yeah you know let's go to uh, go to a contender down the stretch and you know if domi or um yeah if any of these other guys have con you know like the the reason the blackhawks signed these guys the one-year deals at the the price they did because they think they can flip them at the deadline too so all of a sudden you lose the blackhawks you know top three or four goals you know (laughs) point producers um I, I, I guess you know when I was thinking about this, and, and then someone asked me what I thought the Blackhawks power play was going to be, and I started, I started kind of you know piecing it out, and and I couldn't figure it out. Like you know, there, there's there's Kane and there's Seth Jones and uh, you know, Taves, um, Domi, Athanasio. There's yeah, but but who's going to be on the field? No, no one, play. no one. <laughs> the Anastio and Domi didn't score a power play goal last year. Either one of them, like it, it's. Well, like that's they're why they came it. here, though, right? That they I, came I know, here but, to get top uh, yeah. six minutes and power play minutes, revive their careers, get traded at the deadline. Yeah, I, I just no, no one's no one shoots the puck that well like that. Like no one. I just I I I think there's limitations to what even if those players have the seasons they want to have. Like I and Kane's going to set them up, and there'll be some good, you know, like they'll get some great opportunities. Um, and, and we'll get into Dom's point productions predictions a little bit, but even that, like you you see that there's not like the upside of even those players isn't like it's at the brink at high, you know, like the brink at ceiling or even what a Kuba league ceiling was. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the Blackhawks have, um, they've built this team with a lot of that in mind that they know, like they have two goalies that are both injury prone, both um, haven't had, you know, 
good seasons anytime soon. They they have a defense core that's, um, you know, uh, yeah, they've struggled and they've added Jack Johnson who didn't like they've added pieces that aren't necessarily helping them get better. I mean, they added a couple of forwards that that they, they can that can spin at the deadline, you know, that they hopefully have the seasons that they, uh, you know, bounce back seasons. But yeah, I don't know. Like they didn't actively try to make this team better. And um, and even if some of these guys bounce back, like I, I don't even know what I don't know what that is. Like it'd be different if yeah. you had Strom and Kubalik and Debrinkit and you said all these guys bounce back, then yeah, like there's there's fewer, you know, look, there's look, fewer I, those guys. I, I, I'm not here to say the Blackhawks are going to be a good team this year and surprise everybody, but that's that's not the real issue. The issue is what if they're not bad enough, right? And there are going to be Arizona's going to be doing the same thing. They want Connor Bedard. They're going to be awful. Any anyone who's succeeding for them at the deadline is going to get traded away. Uh, they're not the only bad team in the league. It does feel like it's Chicago, Arizona, and then a big gap to the third worst team. But we remember 2015 when it was the McDavid Eichel draft. The you know the Sabers playing. Uh, uh, I think were they playing Edmonton or were they playing Arizona? And they were both trying to, yeah, they're playing Arizona. I think it was. And like the Sabres fans were booing when the Sabres scored. And it was, it was embarrassing for the league. Like when it becomes real blatant, it becomes embarrassing. And just, I'm just, the Hawks aren't going to be the only ones. And the players, I remember I did, a few years ago, I did a story about this and the players, they don't give a shit about Connor Bedard. They're not looking to some 17 year old to save them and take their job. Frankly, they don't tank. They're going to be out there trying to win. Uh, Luke Richardson, this is, he, he understands what he's getting into, but this is his first coaching job. He's not out here trying to like, look like an asshole uh, and a shitty coach. He wants to win too. He's a hyper competitive guy. That's why Jonathan Taves is so excited to play for him. He kind of gets this sense that, you know, he's going to be out there trying to make this team good and successful. And he's probably going to fail because he's being set up to fail. And I think he understands understands that but it's just it's not as easy to be awful as you think this is such a fluky sport Peter Morazic is a competent goalie at his best what if he gets back to decent form steals a few games here and there all of a sudden they're they're not the worst team in the league I mean this no this I, whole, I, I mean it's all this is such hockey. a dicey proposition and, yeah, and what I, do you do does Kyle Davidson tell Luke Richardson you have to sit Peter Morazic he's doing too well right now put in Alex Daylock I mean it's not is it going to come to that? Are there going to be pretend injuries like, oh, Peter Morazic's groin hurts? I don't think you're making up this. It, it's going to take so much for this team to be good. Like, I just, I, I not good, just not bad enough. Yeah. But again, like, it, it just, at the deadline, they lose, they're going to lose like their top five scores. Like, it just, well, that, that's gonna, the biggest thing for me is, is that is it, I don't know. they, like, they I have just, the, they have the most to lose at the deadline because they're going to be trading away Patrick Kane. Yeah. And, Nobody else is going to be motivated. Jonathan Taves, and you yeah. know, and and if, if Domi's probably, uh, you know, like third. Look, we all know they're going to suck. We're just we're trying to come up with ways that become interesting. This is a way. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think the first month of the season is going to be interesting because yeah, like there's there's this hope. I think the team's hope is you know the players' hope is that they're not as bad, and I I think you know like yeah, there's there'll be interesting moments. I just I I I think I I mean if if you're betting right now like most most likely they're going to be among the, you know, one, two or three worst teams in the league. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I, they've, they've set it up this way and, and yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I don't think fans should support the Blackhawks. Like I wouldn't go to a game. I think someone asked us why we should go to a game this year. And aside from, um, you know, Kane and Taze last season, um, you maybe and maybe you pop in for one game to like, right. you know, like see them. Right. It's not like you're popping in the 40. Um, so yeah, I don't. I I I agree that it's it's this is not the way it should be done. It's just it's the way they're doing it, and I don't. Um, yeah, sure, it's a gamble. It's just it's um, it's a calculated gamble too. It's not like they're you know like they've they've set themselves up for 
to be in that conversation and ensure things can change. But I think um, a, a year ago, like, like if you had to bring it on this team, like I, I think, and, and I wrote about this before, you know, before the last season ended was whether having Kane and Taves was too much of a gamble for what they're trying to do. And, and obviously they thought that too, and, and traded to bring it. So um, it's uh, yeah, no, it's not, it's not the way you should be doing things in, in, in a sport, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's what they're doing. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like if, if they things get off well and, and that within that team, within that room, they're not, this is not how they think, but um, it's certainly the way management's thinking. And, and I'm sure they're, I don't think they're actively going to, because they know, they like ultimately like Davidson knows, like if that gets out that you've been like, you're telling the coach to lose or pull. No players. free agent will ever sign with you ever again. Yeah. Like it just, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. And, and like there, there's something ethically wrong with that. So I don't think they're going to do that, but I, I also, you know, I, I think, I think Richardson going into this knows what it is and um, you know, like it's uh what, what I'm curious about is because I, I know that from a front office perspective, they want they want the Blackhawks to be competitive and fun. Um, and, and there's really not it, there's not a way to really toll that line, you know, like yeah. it, it's uh, it, it's a challenge to, you know, like play games close and still get these losing results. So especially with overtime and you see a lot um, of deliberate over the glass penalties in the last five minutes of games. And there's like, a, <laughs> there's like a under the table bonus. Every time you take a stupid penalty with five minutes to go, that costs you the game. Yeah. If this was to be soccer, it'd be like the opposite way around. You're losing and all of a sudden your players are falling on the ground and ending up with the, <laughs> the cramps and injuries. Um, well, so. we haven't, we haven't recorded a podcast since the draft actually. So we haven't even talked about free agency yet. Uh, it's an interesting group of guys they brought in because they brought in some, relatively accomplished players here like max domi i think he's almost a 30 goal scorer uh, andreas athanasiu might be the fastest guy in the league and he was almost a 30 goal scorer uh jack johnson i mean he's he is what he is at this point of his career but he's a you know a stanley cup champion last year who played a significant role for the avalanche uh, colin blackwell some of these guys they brought in you know these aren't total scrubs they're bringing in like they they could have filled the roster worse than this even if you're only you know, even if the plan was to just flip these guys for third round picks at the at the deadline, which is basically the idea. Uh, these are competent players, Max Domi and Athanasio in particular, they're looking to revive their careers They're 27, 28 years old, and they're going to be motivated as hell to score a bunch of goals and get themselves a contract next summer. So it, it'll be kind of interesting how that works out. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I think, I think the Blackhawks were trying to, um, yeah, no, I, I think the Blackhawks, like, I mean, it, it was sort of like, you know, the one idea was that we can flip these guys. And the other idea was uh, like, they do want to be competitive. I, I think that there is a um, a thought from above that we, we need to be better, you know, like we need to have a competitive team and not just throw out the worst team. So I, I think some of that goes in the, in the play here. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's, certainly these, these guys will be, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, yeah, how, how how these guys react too? Like they, they come in on this team and they're not thinking about losing, right? Like right. they yeah. like they, they, they have something else in mind. Here. That's an interesting spot to be in because not only are they trying to revive their careers, they know they were signed to get traded. And you know, if you're a player of that, you could think, you know, this is good. I could play in a great city. I could play major minutes. I can make some money. And then by the end of the season, I'm still in the playoffs because I'm on another team. Like that's a that's a good spot to be in if you're a player of the, of that caliber and to get in. Uh, we just got an update as we're recording this that Jake McCabe is going to miss 10 to 12 weeks after having cervical spine surgery, which uh, sounds terrible. Um, and, and, and just a real bummer for a guy who wasn't quite himself last year as he kind of worked his way back from knee surgery. 
Uh, he's going to miss 10 to 12 weeks starting now. So he's going to miss, you know, two months of the season potentially. Um, I guess the Jack Johnson signing makes a little more sense now. Yeah, I, I think I think they had an idea from what I heard a few weeks ago uh, that they knew that McCabe might need something like this. And they're were, they're were trying to get, you know, second opinions. And and with Johnson, it was, yeah, we, we needed another defenseman. They also it sounds like they they don't want to rush any of those guys in Rockford. Like they don't want um, like Velastic. I think they're really high on now. Like they think Velastic is an NHL and but they also don't want to tempt Richardson too much to be like, you know, bring these guys <laughs> up or, or even now having these two goalies or both have had injuries. I, I think there's a possibility they add a third goalie just because um, they see solar bloom as, as having, uh, you know, potentially you know, being the number one in the, in, in you know, potentially next season, but they also don't want to rush him. And, um, and part of that too, is maybe sort of gives them a better chance to win. So there's ways to prevent winning in that sort of respect. So <clears throat> it'll be, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think they knew the McCabe thing was was coming down the pipeline, and um, yeah, it, it sucks for McCabe. I mean, he was you know, he talked in April about how he wanted a normal off season and how he was hoping yeah. not to have to focus on his rehab and you know just get off to a better start than last season. And um, here he is again, you know, out for you know potentially three months and missing the start of the season. And um, and Lupin, I I, I think he had. Uh, I think he, it was an injury from when he was in the playoffs in the, uh, in the WHL and I, he wasn't at development camp um, or he was at camp, but he, he couldn't participate because of the injury. So something that he's been dealing with, but they signed, uh, you know, they signed him to entry level contract. So, um, you know, he'll, uh, you know, whenever he comes back, he'll, I'm sure he'll get a shot in Rockford. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the patience that the Blackhawks are going to show with these prospects, but these prospects are going to have to be patient too. They're going to have to understand the reality of the situation that, you know, no matter how well they play in Rockford, they're probably not going to get called up unless something really strange happens because the Blackhawks smartly do not want to expose them to a miserable, horrible death march of a season and have it affect their confidence, have a losing mentality creep in that Patrick Kane always talks about. You know, they, they want these guys in Rockford because Rockford's going to be pretty loaded this year, potentially with some NHL caliber players. So they can go and play big minutes and have some success and maybe make a playoff run with the Ice Hogs. Um, they all want to be in Chicago. Nobody wants to be in Rockford. They all want to be in Chicago, but they're going to have to understand that it's not a mark against them if they're still in Rockford. That's the plan. Yeah. And, you know, if you're if you're some of these defensemen, like if you're Ian Mitchell, he's 24, 25 years old by now, isn't he? 23, 24, 23, I don't know. Yeah. 23. Like he's not a kid anymore. He, he believes he should be in the NHL and he might not get the chance because, you know, they haven't written him off just yet. I, know, I don't so maybe... think, I think Regula and Mitchell are the two guys that are going to start with the team. Like I, I think that they, that they're sort of graduated from Rockford a little bit. Um, and I, I think because of their age and how long, um, and Regula is a little bit younger. Um, I also don't know if those guys are definitively in the Blackhawks, like future plans. Like they're not Korchinski right. or Renzel or, um, so I think it's it's up to those guys where they have to prove. But you've already they're... got Seth Jones, Riley Stillman, Caleb Jones, Jack Johnson, Connor Murphy. There's not a lot of room for these guys to play. Right. I I think they'll I think they'll bring up two because I think Jack Johnson. I I think ultimately he's like if there's a couple guys up, like he's the healthy scratch. You know, like I think they have an insurance guy. Like they want, um, like you're gonna have seven defensemen probably, and so you're not gonna probably sit. Like if you bring up young guys, you're not gonna sit Ragul and Mitchell. So I think Johnson's there is mostly as, as insurance. Like he. Um, yeah, just uh, you don't you don't want to be sitting Caleb Jones or Riley Steelman like you don't want to go through that stuff again. So I, I think I think Jack Johnson's the healthy scratch, and I think um, I think Mitchell and Regula come up, and I think everyone else uh, Isaac Phillips and 
uh, you know, I think Velasque, those guys are the guys that will start down. Um, and, and then, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I guess during the season, like, you know, Galvis and some of those guys who got looks last year, like they'll have to earn their way back up. But I, I feel like from what, you know, everything I've heard from Mitchell being their number one defenseman mostly last year in Rockford and his age and, um, you know, I think the challenge for him is that he got a lot of like power play, you know, one time last year. And, you know, he's got to sort of still prove that he can play that size in the NHL, like where he struggled last time. And, um, you know, I think Regula had some some good, you know, good stints uh, in the NHL last year, too. Um, it's just it's I think for him, it's proving at his size that he can, you know, still skate at that level. And um, so, yeah, I, I think a couple of those guys will get looks, but I, I think um that they don't want too many of those guys up just because, yeah, it, it's, it probably doesn't do anyone any good. And they, it, they saw that with, you know, it'll be interesting as Bodan is actually uh, no longer waiver exempt. So I don't know if he, I doubt he gets picked up, but he's yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's, I don't, I don't see him in, you know, foreseeable future in the NHL either, but, um, but yeah, it'll, um, so yeah, I, I think they have to balance some of that. Like even, even like, like a secure or something, like if he's good enough out of camp to like, does he just get put Rockford? Cause that's the plan for, um, you know, like they want Rockford to be like the Wolves, you know, like to, to be able right. to uh, be a, you know, a, a contending team down there that gives those guys also, you know, those, those prospects better opportunities and better chance to play with better players. And then also, you know, come come April, they, uh, you know, if they're guys turning pro from, uh, you know, like next year, Kuczynski or, uh, you know, Del Mastro. I know those guys can probably join Rockford come April, May too, whenever their seasons are done. There's or... a whole lot of guys on the back end that they're going to figure out how to like slot them in the organizational depth chart. It's really sure. interesting to see how that plays out because these these veteran guys, they have term. Connor Murphy's got term. Jake McCabe's got term. Seth Jones has all the term in the world. Even Riley Stillman's got two years left on his contract. It's going to be real interesting. Like They got all these guys that are knocking on the door. At what point do they open that door and who gets to walk through? It's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll be interested. Yeah, I, I think, like, I think they're projecting. Like Kurchinsky, I could see, like, it'd be weird as a seventh overall pick to be two years, more, two more years in junior. But like, I, I think they're projecting further out. You know, like, a, like Renzel is interesting too. Like, as a first round pick going back to the USHL, and then, you know, probably two years in college. So you're you're talking in four years he turns pro. You know, like, well, it was supposed to be three years a- for Adam Boquist too. That changed. I, obviously, this 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 uh, regime is hoping to be a little more patient and yeah. not. Uh, not hit the panic button too early and think, Oh my God, we need someone to put fans in. Let's bring up Adam Boquist. Yeah. So that probably won't happen with Korczynski. They're going to take their time. Yeah. And I, I think that's, it'll be interesting because I don't think Kyle Davidson will want to rush it. Cause I think he understands, um, understands that there has to be patience, but, but I'm curious about the front office. Cause this is, it's going to get bad. <laughs> like I, I, I don't, yeah. I, I like you start to see what the Cubs now, like they have 20,000 people there and, um, the Blackhawks aren't the Cubs, you know, like it's, it's once they get bad and um, it, it's going to, the numbers are going to just drop off. The attendance is going to, you know, like if they're, if they're out of by December, January, like it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think attendance is going to be as good as the Blackhawks think it might be. You know? No, I, I don't care how fun your team is. If they're awful and not trying to win, it's going to be bad. You did a uh, Twitter poll yesterday. Uh, how many points will the Blackhawks finish this season? And 49.8% fewer than 60 which is horrendously bad and 41.8 said 60 to 72 which is very bad only 5.8 had 73 to 85 which is just pretty bad and 2.6 percent god bless you picked more than 85 points for the chicago blackhawks um i, think I assume had, that's uh, people just hitting the wrong button and they uh... <laughs> they sneezed while they were clicking um i think DraftKings had uh, the blackhawks and the coyotes tied in their over-unders with 65 and a half points so 
you know, the Canadians were next at 71 and a half. So you're going to have a pretty big gap in theory between the Blackhawks, the Coyotes and the rest of the league. Um, you're going to do a lot of st- uh, standings watching. If you're a Blackhawks fan in the, in the bad way, you're going to be rooting for uh, the Coyotes on a regular basis. Cause they're your, they're your biggest competition for that, uh, that those best lottery odds. And again, remember worst team in the league only has an 18.5% chance of getting Connor Bedard, but it does guarantee you a top three pick, which in this particular draft is uh is a good thing to guarantee, obviously. I'm curious how Blackhawks fans, how, how this season's going to, you know, like how they're going to treat the season. Like it's one thing to go into a year. And I think every year that we've covered them, like there's been years where you're like, oh, they probably not as good, you know, like, but, but there's th- been a storyline. Like even when they, when they, when they started the rebuild a couple of years ago in the COVID season, they all, they were like, we're going to play nine rookies a night. This isn't that there's nobody really to latch on to no. other than the Taves and Kane farewell seasons, because they're not going to let any of the start the, the stud young guys in the lineup. So you can't even like cling to like, Oh, at least I get to watch the future of the Blackhawks. No, you get to watch Max Domi and Jack Johnson. Uh, it, it, it's a really, really yeah. tough sell. And it's hard because there aren't a lot of like, I mean, there's, there's some decent prospects in Rockford. Like there'll be Reichel. And I think Reichel will come up at some point when they think he's completely ready, but it's not like, it doesn't feel like a bulk. Like you don't have like a, like a, like Vlasic's a nice defenseman, but he's probably, you know, third pair defenseman, you know, yeah. like an NHL, like they, he's an NHL guy and, um, you know, guys like, like Isaac the, Phillips are nice players, but they're, they're, it's not bulk with either. These aren't great. These aren't guys that are going to excite you. Like there's. Yeah. I like, mean, Frank Nazar is a couple of years away. Kevin Korczynski is a couple of years away. Yeah. Connor Bedard is a couple of years away. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, you want to get yeah. into some over-unders for the players individually here? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Dom did his uh, his fantasy projections, um, and uh, this is always fun to yell at his model. I'm a big fan of yelling at his model. I, I also noticed that his model didn't have the correct. It doesn't add up always. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it had this one number off or something. Like that. I, I like how the model has has become like a disembodied thing. Like it's its own entity that Dom just yells at himself. So uh, let's start with Patrick Kane. He's got him at 84 points, 26 goals, and 58 assists. Uh, that's a lot of assists with nobody to pass to. Uh, I feel like this might be a big Patrick Kane goal scoring year because he's going to have to just say, screw it, I'm going to do it myself. Um, so, I, 84 points, he, that's what he had uh, in, uh, in, I think, 1920, the COVID shortened season in just 70 games. It hasn't been, it's been five years since he's had a season that unproductive by his standards, 84 points. I still think he goes above that. I think he's a guy that's going to go out there. He's going to play with Jonathan Taves potentially. I think they're going to have some fun just kind of reminiscing and going out and scoring. I think, I think, I think, Maybe I'm being naive here, but I think it's a big Jonathan Taves season. I think he wants to show what, what he has left, and he's got a full offseason under his belt. He's healthy. 
I think we're going to see a much improved Jonathan Taze like we did in the second half of last season. And I think Patrick Kane could be the one to benefit from that. I think I'm going to go over on 84 points. I'm t- I, I just, I, some of these guys have to produce. Somebody's you know? got to score. They're not going to get shut out every game. No, it just, it's, yeah, like it's, it's like Dom is Tyler Johnson at 17 goals, right? Like, yeah, that's the under. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, Tyler Johnson could be Patrick Kane's center. I, so I can see Kane scoring more than 26 goals, but not having 58 assists, you know? Like right, it, that's what I mean, yeah. Like, so, yeah, a point a game potentially, but how those numbers line up and, um, yeah, I, I, I guess it depends on how the Kane's hip is too, right? Like, it just, it's, as he gets a year older and, you know, like it's, um, how much ice time are they going to give him now too? You know, like it's, like there's so much, feels like so much of a burden on Kane again. Yeah. Um, I'll go slightly under 84. All right. Uh, Jonathan Taves, he's got at 50 points with 17 goals and 32 assists. Yeah. So 49 um, points. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, I, I, I really am. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to go over there too. I like, I look at like these what's, numbers. what's success for Taves? Like what, 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 where's the line at now? Do you think? I think if he goes out there and has a 20 goal season, you know, 55 points, something like that, he can, the, the, that's what the Blackhawks need him to do too. Right. If they want to trade him, he, he, he told me when we talked last month, he's like, right now I have no trade value. I have to go and prove I have trade value basically. And so I think, I think the Blackhawks are going to put him in a position to succeed because they want him to have trade value so that they can, you know, get something for him. And 17, I mean, he had uh, 12 goals last year when he, he didn't score like the whole first third of the season. He was at 20 something games before he scored and he still finished with 12 goals. He was pretty solid in the second half of the season. He started to look like Jonathan Taves again. And that was, a, and that was with no off season, no real off season. Now he's coming off a real off season. He's feeling great. He's, he's, he's motivated. He's excited to play. I, I think he's going to be at least a 20 goal scorer this year. I, I'm going to go with the over there too. Yeah. No, I think the over there makes sense. I, I, I think he's the one guy that he, he's going to get more, you know, like he hasn't gotten the, you know, top power play ice time all the time over the last few seasons. And he hasn't, yeah, hasn't had as much ice time because he hasn't played with Kane and they certainly, you know, gave doc opportunities and Strom And uh, I, I think just more consistently on the top power play, like there's someone that has to produce on the top power play and, um, outside of Kane. So I, I think over 50 uh, and Taves and over 17 goals. And yeah, I, 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 they have a guy at 84 points and then drop it off to about 50. That's like, I mean, Stroman, I mean, Strom had more than 50 points last year, didn't he? It just, um, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't even, like, there were probably multiple, like the Brinkett, Kane, like they were, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be worse this year. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I think, I mean, to have it go from 84 to 50, like it's, like the, the math has to add up a little bit more still too. Like there's, um, <laughs> well, I, I think, I think where they're going to hurt is when I'm, when I'm looking at Dom's list here, I'm looking at Domi, Athanasiu, Tyler Johnson, He's got Lucas Reichel with 13 goals and 20 assists. I don't think he's going to play enough to get that. Yeah. Like I'm seeing a lot of unders the rest of the way. I think it's going to be Kane and Taves. Seth Jones will get a will get a, a lot of uh, you know assists on those Kane and Taves goals too, secondary assists and power plays and stuff like that. But the rest of these numbers, I'm looking at 48 points last year in 69 games. In 69 games, right? Yeah. So he was certainly playing at more than a 50 point pace. Um, but you know, Domi 50 points, Athanasio 44. Those feel optimistic. Tyler Johnson 38 points. That feels optimistic. Yeah. Darren Radish, 16 goals, 17 assists. That feels optimistic. Like I look at the rest of this lineup and I'm not seeing 
a lot of points. Yeah. Like, I think Radish is interesting. Like, he was, uh, you know, if he can find a spot in that bumper role, and maybe he plays, um, I mean, I, I assume that he plays in the top six spot, but who plays, you know, if it's Kane and Taves, who gets that other other well, that's a, you know you know like sam lafferty was playing in that role a lot that top line left wing but you bring in domi and uh you know, domi's a center who can play wing at who i believe is a left wing you know you figure one of those guys again they want to prop those guys numbers up so that they can get them flip them for a first or second round pick ideally so those guys are going to get every opportunity to get the big minutes with kane and taves yeah no for sure um and, and rafford and like lafferty was interesting because he had a lot of opportunities but he, he's yeah. he's yet to prove it in his career that he can do it so like eight goals with him like he's someone who i think scores potentially more than eight but is he, he's probably not at this 20 mark you know like yeah yeah I, I mean obviously dom does this stuff pretty well too where some of these numbers are like yeah that a little bit over but yeah like it could go the other way and he always uh, seems to be right in the end which really kind of pisses me off sometimes yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it says like said jones will be interesting like eight goals like it's uh he's certainly i mean the blackhawks want a defenseman to score in a power play this year so like yeah. will he be like he might get more opportunities and maybe maybe they're more aggressive and um, and, and with a new coach, the new coaching staff and um, yeah, like it's uh, and then with the, with, with the goalies, he has like it's funny with, with, with the both, both the goalies he has and he had them basically get the same thing. So I, I don't know if he's just like, they're going to have this record and split time between a 903 and, for Morazic and 902 for Staylock. Boy, that's some, that's not good goaltending. Yeah. Um, so but he's got him with 30 wins that way, 30 wins and 10 overtime losses. That's, that's uh, 70 points. That's too many points. <laughs> that is too many points. They got 70 points. This season would, did not go according to plan. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we go over a couple Twitter questions? Sure. Okay. Um, from Michael Alpert, Alpert, Alpert. Um, aside Alpert. from losing a lot of games and getting a top three pick, what is the barometer for success this year? It doesn't seem many kids will get playing time. So what's progress? Uh, Rockford. Rockford's your progress. I mean, almost nothing that happens this year short of, transactions like Kane and Taves being traded and getting assets in return. Same with Domi, Athanasiu, those guys. There, There is no barometer for success other than failure at the NHL level, which is uh, not a great marketing campaign, frankly. Yeah. Uh, from Tyler D, are people undervaluing Frank Nazar's potential? I've seen articles about the Blackhawks prospect, and he's always labeled potential middle six, middle six forward with top six potential with how he has performed in development camp. Seems like his potential should be higher. Is size the issue? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, think, I, I think I think these prospect guys like they 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 like to hedge their bets a little bit. When you hear a potential middle six forward with top six potential, they're just they don't want to over overblow it and say this guy's going to be amazing unless he's like a superstar. Uh, uh, like know, he's a five eleven center, so like there's right. you know like there's there, there's parts of him. like he ended up like he was a, like a first you know high first round pick with thirteenth, but at the same time like it's like people are talking about Doc like Doc was a third pick like because of his size and potential and. Um, and, and Azar has shown potential in the U.S. national team, and it'll be interesting to see what he does at Michigan. But there, de- there are definitely reasons also why in in this draft, which you know considerably not stronger than recent drafts, why he was still the 13th pick. You know, like there was um, there, there are things that he needs to prove to, um, yeah, put him in that top six potential type of player. And it's, it, 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 I think he's going to be the most exciting player they have in the system. Like he's going to be the one, the one you want to you want to watch. He's got that dynamic speed and, and creativity. Like he has the potential to be a star, not just in terms of production, but in terms of his style of play that, you know, not to make him the next Patrick Kane. That's not a fair thing to say, but you, you want some showtime out there. He's the guy who's most likely to give it to you, I think, among the prospects they currently have. 
Miles um, Cree asked, if Kane gets traded, where would you be most excited to see him play and with whom? Matthews and Panarin come to mind. McDavid wouldn't be too hard to watch either. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, Kane would love to go play with anyone, you know, like Marcel or, you know, like he's got a bunch of guys that he uh, certainly enjoys watching. And I think he gets to play with them a little bit during the, the summers and all-star games and that type of thing. Um, it'll be interesting because like the Blackhawks, you know, like it, it has the package has to be right. Like they, because he's going to be probably dealt at the deadline, it's, uh, you're looking at a team that's, you know, like in the 25 to, you know, 32 spots. So you're, you're talking about a late first round pick. So it, it depends on what sort of prospect you get along with that. So um, I, I think the Blackhawks last Kane, where do you want to go potentially? And he can, you know, maybe he gives them a list that makes it a little bit easier on them. But I, I think it's, it's about with that second piece because the Blackhawks, it, the Blackhawks are just going to trade Kane for a late first rounder, you know, like they need something right. extra. So um I, I think if Kane can give the Blackhawks some options, that the more likely it would happen. I think if Kane had his druthers, he would want to play with Matthew Barzell. We've talked about this before. Like that seems to be the guy that he's like most uh, in hockey love with. Whenever he talks about him at All Star games, he talks when he talks about Barzell, it's different. That speed that he's got up the middle—that's something he's always wanted and craved. I don't know if Lou Lamorello and the Islanders are going to pull off something like that. I mean, they didn't get. Uh, well, I Audrey guess it depends on how else. the Islanders are this year too, right? Like it's but yeah, Island- but if, that could be like a 17th or 18th pick which might, you know, if they're on the periphery of that bubble, that playoff bubble, I mean, that could be more enticing than getting like a 25th pick from Edmonton potentially. Yeah. How, how, like how aggressive would Lou be? Like if they're in the bubble to trade for Kane and give up a prospect, you know, like there's, there's a gamble in that too. So absolutely. And especially if Kane, you know, like if he could work on a new contract with Kane, that would make sense too. So um, uh, that's the other thing, our, our team's going to be willing to trade for him without any kind of guarantee of like, you know, there's never a sign in trade in hockey, really. But we saw what happened with the Kachuk trade. Like if there's some kind of agreement in place, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, they might be able to get a little bit more for him. I guess it also depends on how desperate you are to win a cup, right? Like if you're Toronto and there's a chance to, to get Kane or, you know, like you have a piece like that or who. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on what sort of team you are. Like if you're right on that cusp right there, like if you're the, if you're the lightning and you can figure out how to fit Kane in your in your salary cap, like the lightning have yeah. shown, like, well, I don't know if they have any first round picks for any time soon again, but <laughs> for, for the record, I, I, I want, you know, I, I, I ranted about this on Twitter a couple of times. There are, there are no Patrick Kane rumors. There is no Patrick Kane rep, you know, you know, reporting. This is just, it's people bored in August writing. So when you see a story that says, you know, here's 10 trades, the Oilers could make to get Patrick Kane. There's no reporting behind that. There's, there is no Patrick Kane has not approved the trade. Patrick Kane wants to start the season with Chicago. He wants to get a feel just like Jonathan Taze does. They want to get a feel for what this is going to look like. They have not made any kind of decision. So every time you see some stupid slideshow on some aggregating website, stop taking it as gospel. It's not. Nobody's reported that Patrick Kane is looking to get traded. This is all speculation. And uh, you need to learn the difference between speculation and reporting because I'm sick of getting tweet- tweets about it, asking me about these rumors that he's going to hear you there, there. That's not what's happening. There are no rumors. There is no uh, reporting. There is no uh, discussions happening between teams. He's not getting traded yet. He hasn't approved a trade yet. Let's all take a step back and chill. It's going to be a long year. Otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, Twitter. It feels like he's been trending every day on, on Twitter this summer. So what, was the, what was the biggest story of the summer? Was it was it Alex Zabrinka getting traded, or was it Eddie Olchek leaving for Seattle? Yeah, I, I think more surprising <laughs> at this point was Eddie Olchek leaving for Seattle. Like the Brinka became like it was, um, yeah, it, it be, as it became 
got closer, like it became more realistic. Eddie Olchek going to Seattle, like it's still surprising. I just, I, I, I never thought it would get there, you know, like, I mean, the Blackhawks were pretty adamant that they were going to resign, resign him. And he was part of the future with, with Chris Foster's and um, yeah, I just, it, you know, like, but the longer, you know, I guess the longer it took to work on a contract to get done, yeah. the more likely it was to happen, but it's still, uh, and, and, you know, like the fact that, you know, I, I think, um, I think the fact that, you know, that Nickel checks going to Seattle and, 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 you know, his, his son, Eddie's already there as a scout and, and Ricky's there as a yep. assistant GM, a lot of those things played into it, but, um, yeah, I, I never thought it would, it would get to this. Like, I just, I, I, I thought they would uh, work something out and the Blackhawks would, uh, yeah, just make it work he, for him. He, he's going to be the guy the Hawks miss the most this season because you really need someone to hold the fan base's hand through these next couple of years. And Eddie O is the kind of guy that you can cling to who can give you some optimism, but also give you kind of the unvarnished truth a little bit and can make the broadcast entertaining. I mean, Patrick Sharp and Kaylee Chelios and, um, and Troy I think Troy's really good at that. Like Troy Murray has like, yeah. like he does that on the radio side and, I'm more curious about what Sharp is as a, you know, like the, the analyst. Sharp, Sharp Sharp is a very good studio host. He's very knowledgeable. He's smooth. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm curious to see how he does in the, in the chair during live broadcast. I did that story on him in NBC sports a couple of years ago. And he told me, he's like, I don't think I could do that job. I don't think I have it in me to, to be that big boisterous guy, you know, night in, night out and do the travel again, all that stuff. And now he's not going to be the main guy. I think Troy's going to get the, the bulk of the games, uh, uh, assuming his health holds up God willing, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how Sharp can kind of like channel a little bit of his inner Eddie and be a little bit more, boi- more boisterous because you need that during a broadcast. You kind of can't keep it all super mellow. If you're the color analyst, you got to bring some color to the broadcast. And he's certainly capable of doing it. He's a very professional, polished broadcaster, but it's going to be a very different role than he had at NBC. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll, we're going to try to be more organized throughout the season. This is uh, we're, we're going to try to come up with some different Definitely segments. Uh, and... It'll be interesting to watch and hopefully uh, hopefully it will be interesting to listen to this year. We're going to try to be more organized. Like we said, um, we definitely want to try some different segments and hopefully uh, maybe even have some more frequent podcasts. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, for Mark Lazarus, I'm Scott Powers and this is Lazarus Powers and we'll talk to you soon. Try